Yes. Um, can you, real quick, do you want to introduce people to who you are and what we're talking about? Yeah, sure, mate. So uh, my name's Rob, and I run a quite a small YouTube channel based around psychedelic experiences called Adeptus Psychonautica. And the sort of the gist of what I try and do on there is try and just represent the sort of the ordinary person who is interested in psychedelics but doesn't hasn't necessarily gone down the full sort of transcendent hippie sort of path and nor has gone down the sort of this is just sort of pure just drugs act it's just a hallucination so i'm i'm sort of aiming for that sort of middle ground being the kind of uh yeah the, the voice in the middle there and I, I make sort of videos about trip reports and sort of experiences with these substances and also experiences of when i've been on something like you know like an ayahuasca retreat in, in peru and i do review videos of good retreats versus bad retreats and um and yeah it's like that that's basically what i do okay yeah cool and, I saw and got, you wanted to chat with me specifically i think you probably saw my the maps thing i did well i saw a couple of your videos and the, the first one that I, I saw that i got interested in the reason I, I kind of wanted to reach out to you was the one you did around your 10.5 gram mushroom oh. trip <laughs> which which i watched and i yeah i was absolutely captivated because it seems like you got everything possible from this experience you talk about sort of you know parallel dimensions and sort of time slowing down and having visionary experiences but it seems like you got it in the worst possible way and when i was listening to you sort of report it my uh, my heart kept going out to you because even though you were reporting it in hindsight like you know mm -hmm. after the event you just kept going oh god and it was so heartfelt this this kind of thing as these as these flashbacks came to you so I just, yeah, I think I, if you've never had an experience like that, it's pretty, uh, like, I can't really relate it to anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just really wanted to like, sort of pick your brains on, on that particular experience and also just sort of how you, how you think about it in, in sort of hindsight. So I guess maybe like a, a good way of, of sort of kicking things off is like, what, what's your take on, on what you were going through there? Because it, it sounds pretty sort of hellish and yeah, just, just what, in hand, is it is it is it still as raw as it was as you described it? Um, I would say that it's not quite as raw until I take another substance and I kind of flash back to it, depending mm -hmm. on what I do. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's not it's not quite as raw until I do mushrooms or, or now I guess when I smoke marijuana sometimes, um, then then I can get like flashbacks of that kind of stuff really quickly. Um, there is like a, there's a feeling I get when I start to get high where as soon as I realize I'm getting high, sometimes all of those feelings of that big mushroom trip can come, uh, like, rushing back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So does it, do you see any value in that particular experience? Or was it just like, was it just one of these things where you, you would write it off if, if you could? Because I guess the, the thing that I, I remember you saying in that particular sort of trip report, as it was, mm -hmm. was that you weren't interested in in sort of getting high and you weren't interested in necessarily having a good time which i thought was a, was was absolutely the right attitude to have but that you wanted an experience and it seems like you, you again you got that experience but you got it in this kind of yeah unpleasant manner so was was there any value in that experience for you um there's been value but it's hard I, I, it's unfortunate it's still something i'm kind of still even working through a little bit um, 
and, and some of the experiences, I don't, it's hard to say if it's good or bad. Um, so like, for instance, here's an example, right? Um, so in, in the year following that trip, I had a couple of weird mental things pop up that I'd never experienced before. Um, so one was like, and these, it sounds, it sounds really made up. Um, I don't mean for it to sound made up, but it really does. But like, so I had two or three days where I had like this massive and sudden onslaught of um, the way it's described as anhedonia basically this like state of absence of all desires i've never felt this in my entire life mm -hmm. i'm assuming that these are somehow tied to the trip because i'm 30 now i'm 31 and up till that point when i was 30 i'd never ever experienced anything like altering my my mind like that at all um that experience was incredibly frightening but like very insightful i guess because i feel like i have a decent understanding of it now um and then i also had a few days of like incredibly generalized anxiety that i've also never ever ever felt before in my entire life um i would say that i am one of the most confident people that i have ever met in my entire life um just just it's just who i am and in this period i was sending messages to my ex like telling her to take my kid that i was a horrible person that i should never be running even like just like really out of character stuff it was like, really bizarre seeing that um so insofar as like was there is there value in that i think that it has given me like a greater appreciation for how much of your mind yeah. is inaccessible to you and how much of that influences like your current thoughts um i think that it's made me be a lot more cautious with how like logical or in control of my brain that I am. I try to be a lot more aware of underlying moods that I might not notice, even if it's something as stupid as like, hey, I think I might be hungry right now. Maybe I should chill and get something to eat. Um, like before before doing like uh, any big tripping, I would have assumed that like I'm pretty well in control of a lot of this stuff. But now I give a lot more credit to that like underlying current of like mood or vibe or whatever. Um, so in that sense, I think there was some value there. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's what... I what I tend to think is the value in these experiences is that certainly when I was, you know, I'm, I'm 43 now. So, I, you know, when I was, mm -hmm. sorry, George, I, I would have described myself in this similar sort of very confident way where I thought I had everything sort of sorted. I, I knew my place in, in the world. I knew my beliefs. I was extremely confident in them and extremely good at sort of arguing on behalf of them. And then mm -hmm. when, I, when I sort of had some of these experiences, um, it's, it's the way it's kind of sometimes described is that it's like shaking a you know like a bottle of soda or a bottle of champagne and then it just pops a cork and, and stuff all just come flooding out and mm -hmm. that can be disturbing when you first experience it. it's like well why would i want all this emotion and anxiety and stuff come pouring out but it's yeah. it's kind of i think it's a natural progression it's, it's part of our sort of life journey that you have your sort of your moment of being cocksure and being you know uh, you know, for want of a better term, sort of arrogant and, ve and very confident in yourself. And that's awesome for the time it is. But, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to be like a, a pensioner going, you don't want to be some arsehole sort of pensioner, you know, arguing with people. There's a time to sort of transition and be open to more stuff. So I think that's where the value in these kind of substances can come from. It can like humble you. And it just it depends yeah. on whether, whether you're open to being that, that being humbled or not. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. I, one thing that's a little disappointing to me, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to expand it to as many life experiences as possible, but the problem is that um, it, it really feels like the most of the problems that I have related to psychedelics are very particular to things that don't carry over to the rest of my life. So um, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. I had a friend come over a while ago, and um, we did a very, very small dose of mushrooms. Uh, like it was, well, I'm sorry. Let me. I shouldn't say that, but we did two grams of mushrooms, um, which should be enough for like maybe not even a trip, but like an like an okay amount. Yeah. And um, it feels like when I'm with other people on mushrooms, it feels like 
they're processing life problems or they're thinking about like they're getting new perspectives on issues that they have or things from deep inside of them are coming out or whatever like that seems to be the case and for me it's just the same problem of like not knowing if i exist because my senses are being hardcore fucked with and it just blows my mind that like everything might be fake it, it always runs back to the same thing so the one disappointing thing is that like i don't think i've ever had a trip where it's like oh wow like i'm thinking about this particular thing in a new way or whatever it's all like over this kind of weird existential stuff <laughs> it doesn't seem to be applicable to much other part of my life unless i try really hard to make it applicable i think that bit, i mean that's the kind of the classic case of being very much in, inside your own head which i think is something that you know, mm-hmm. so, someone like yourself is you're, you're, you're always processing a lot of sort of thoughts and you've always got a lot, your eyes on a lot of different topics. So yeah, mm-hmm. it does lead to you sort of be, being very much in your, in your own head. And there's a lot of sort of like, you know, psychedelic woo terms, like you need to surrender and you need to let go of these things and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they kind of, they're right, but it's not that sort of easy. It's not something you just sort of can flick a switch and know how to do. And I used to also really struggle with it. Like I, mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be sat there, you know, on some retreat in Peru, having drank a lot of like ayahuasca or something like that, thinking and, and just overthinking like what is this experience and, and how am I going to make a video about this experience? How am I going to explain this experience that I've not even yet had? And yeah, you just kind of, there's, there's no sort of like easy answer to it, but you, mm-hmm. there just, there were just a moment where I just kind of like, just let it go, dude, just stop. Like the, the term surrender gets used, which people would tend to sort of think of as a, as like, you know, stop fighting you know, like give up but i would mm-hmm. sort of think of it more in terms of like yeah just stop fighting yourself just just like trust yourself to go with the experience and i think yeah. when, when by doing that you you can sort of um open up to a lot of these things but if, if i can just mm-hmm. come come back to that you, you sort of that that particular trip um you talked mm-hmm. with with the 10.5 one um mm-hmm. i think i'll possibly a lot of of what was keeping you out of that mindset you, you sort of you did reference a lot that you were like looking at your phone a lot all the time and that the people you were with were constantly like sort of uh, almost fucking with your head by the, by the sounds of it. It sounded like they, they, were, they, was, they were saying like some stuff to make you doubt your own reality. So, Well, yeah, not intentionally by them, unfortunately. Just when I get into these states, everything feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, I got high once. Um, I, uh, I, so just to explain this, I don't know if this is normal. I've read apparently sometimes when I smoke marijuana now, it's a, it's a, full-on like psychedelic like Mm -hmm. it feels like mushrooms to me Mm -hmm. like if i got pretty high it would feel like i'm on a mushroom trip that's the feeling that i get um so like when i do that when i'm around people sometimes i'll warn them like hey like if i do this there's like a 50 50 chance i'm gonna have like a decent panic attack like just here blah 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 like if anybody anything that somebody says to me in that state is always gonna feel like gaslighting to me um because it feels like um so for instance like if i have a friend saying like hey like you smoke it'll be over soon like don't worry Mm -hmm. like it feels like my own mind is inventing that story to tell myself to make myself not like freak out <laughs> like so um so it, i'm just bringing that up because like in that one video it felt like I, I think i said multiple times that it felt like they were like fucking with me yeah. i don't think that was their intention um that's just how I, my mind was interpreting everything at the time so for instance one of the people in that video was like isn't it weird that like we didn't even really know each other and now we're doing mushrooms like i think when he was saying that he was like oh that's like really cool but in my mind it was like wait that doesn't make sense at all why am i doing <laughs> drugs with strangers holy shit you're right that's so funny. like it felt like i was like fucking my mind yeah 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 so yeah it wasn't weird until you said it that, <laughs> that kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah so what um I'm curious, real quick. I just have a quick question. If I could ask you real quick, sure. Um, you've done. Um, it sounds like you've done. You've done ayahuasca. I'm assuming you've smoked like DMT, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you had like a like a major um, like psychedelic experience with like mushrooms or LSD? Uh, what 
on a par with something like DMT or, or just as a sense or well, well let, let me put it. go on yeah my, my question is gonna be like if 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 so if I had like what would be considered like an ego death experience which I think based on what I've read if I did have that and then I'm asking if you've had that how is that comparable to DMT because everything I've read about DMT trips sounds very interesting to me and I'm curious how comparable it is to those like massive like mushroom or LSD trips yeah the Okay, so, so it, it's it's comparable and it's also incomparable. So mm -hmm. the, the there is a famili familiarity to this space, so this kind of trip to mean space. So that if you've had you know like like the mushroom experience that you describe, um, or or LSD, there are parallels here. And even even LSD is slightly different to psilocybin, and psilocybin mm -hmm. is slightly different to DMT when you do it with you know with, with ayahuasca and like that. So there are parallels to the DMT thing, but the, the DMT experience, the smoke DMT experience, is an entirely different ballgame. It, it really does live up to the hype. Um, yeah. So, and, and part of that is just the the wrappingness of it. So if, if you took your 10.5 uh, gram experience, stuck mm -hmm. it into five minutes, and, and because it's within the space of five minutes, also you, you crank it up to a buyer factor of about 500, and, okay. uh, but then because it's within that five minute space, you don't ha even have the time to have the kind of reaction that you had to it. So as you know, as soon as the thought enters your head, wow, you know, I'm, I'm in parallel universes, then that's already happened a million times. And now you're in some other state where you are now a comet on the outer fringe of the universe. And then that then instantly morphs into you are in communion with God, which instantly morphs into your ancestral lineage. And it, and it's, it happens just like a roll, you know, roller coaster is, is the best way of describing it. So mm. there's no time for paranoia or sort of, or, or even self-doubt. It's very easy just to ha have a complete sort of ego death experience where you don't even exist as a person and mm -hmm. then i mean I, i've had experiences where it felt like i was there for years but again just being f blasted through on this cosmic roller coaster and then you're back in your body just just saying what the fuck just happened yeah so um, that, that was gonna be my next question too is the the feeling of time so like for the big mushroom trip that i did I, like i use words like eternity or mm -hmm. months like it feels like an unimaginable amount of time is, is passing. Does it feel the same? Even though DMT trips are relatively short, is it still the same type of feeling? Yeah. So the, 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 I, I had an experience, like a five minute experience where I literally felt like mm -hmm. I'd lived out a lifetime. I, uh, yeah. There's a, you know, the, the cartoon I love called Adventure Time where there's one where one of the characters goes off into, climbs into his pillow and, and lives a lifetime within his pillow. And mm -hmm. that was, yeah, that was entirely my experience. I, I, had an experience of being a cosmic being transversing the edges of existence as part mm. of the universal consciousness and then i came back into my body and I, I was shocked i was shocked that i was a monkey i was like what the this doesn't make sense like i okay. I've, I've just spent eternity out on the on the fringes of existence and i, I was talking to a guy who is a, a psychedelic researcher from a place called the, the quailing institute and they sort of study this thing, and he has a theory on why this kind of this this time sort of uh, distortion happens. And then he he was saying that you know if we think of our brains um, similar to our sort of computers, and the our perception of time is going into a kind of a recycle bin. So as of now, I'm talking to you, and each moment as it passes is going into the recycle bin, and so that I'm sort of freeing up bandwidth for the you know mm -hmm. f for me to be living in this instance. And during the psychedelic experience, that recycle bin gets shut off. So everything, the ex 
instances start stacking up on top of each other, giving this feeling of parallel dimensions or infinite, or yeah. infinite time. And yeah, when he, when he sort of told me that that was the theory, that made total sense to me. And mm-hmm. you, it kind of works both ways because if you are in a good experience, then you are in bliss for eternity. And if you're in a shitty experience, then it's just unstoppable oh, hell. And yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it, it can be awful. But it's yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I love that kind of feeling of these uh, parallel sort of dimension. I think that pops up a lot more or a lot easier on uh, on DMT for me. And what I do notice as well is that um, it's not just a feeling of time being distorted. You I, you actually feel like you're in twenty places at the same time and having twenty existences at the same time. It's super weird. <laughs> hmm, gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I the the way that I understand it is it feels like. Um, I guess, like when, as you approach like higher levels of psychedelics, it feels like you're breaking down more of like the fundamental stuff that goes into your day-to-day experience. And one one of those like really fundamental things is we just we we are kind of like keeping track of like events in our head. So I know that like we started talking, um, but maybe like ten or twenty minutes ago, I know that like I was doing this. I woke up like an hour ago. That like if you have those like marks of time in your head, you kind of can keep track of what's going on. But if you start like blasting that out, then it's very quickly like you just feel like you've been somewhere forever or maybe for no time or whatever and that's what it felt like in psychedelics like i can't remember what happened five minutes ago like i don't know if i've had this thought a million times or ten times like because you don't have the ability to keep track of time as much yeah yeah not only do you is it that coupled with that loss of a tracking of time there's a loss mm-hmm. of a sense of you so did you even exist in the moment before it's you know you're, you're constant you can almost be in a state where you're constantly being reborn or constantly remembering that you are you within these infinite moments and it can get completely overwhelming and feel extremely wrong um so yeah it's a it's a this is why this kind of set and setting thing i think is is so important and i think it it might have been one of the reasons that you struggle with it particularly if you've got something that's trying to anchor you back in reality which is like i I think you referenced talking to or looking at your phone a lot because then then you've got like a this is like the inception talisman then it's trying to you look at your phone and it's like okay the phone is normal but then you but nothing is normal and and then sort of you go back into it for like 30 seconds and you come back and you look at your phone and like you know 30 seconds has passed but it felt like five years and yeah it gets very head uh, check, checking clocks or whatever is like a really big if i'm having like a really scary trip i'll do it but then it just usually makes it scarier because i'll start a trip at 9 30 um and like I'll, I'll i'll check the clock like 12 hours later and it's like 9 34 <laughs> it's impossible like yeah Jeez. But, so have you, have you ever thought about like doing the sort of one of, one of the, the, the classic sort of experiences that's talked about in psychedelic circles is just doing these things in a completely dark room, possibly blindfolded in complete silence. So have you ever, and, and maybe that might be what you need to sort of, to, to get you, or, or at least to allow you to focus more on the voices or it's sort of, you know, the, the intruding thoughts. Have you ever thought going down that road? Uh, maybe. Well, I'm trying to like kind of, baby my i'm trying to figure out one thing that's really hard for me is it's really hard to figure out if i'm going to have a good experience or a bad experience at any point in time which is like very disappointing to me um so for instance um like uh so like i've done mdma with somebody that i feel incredibly close to Mm -hmm. incredibly comfortable with in an incredibly comfortable environment we don't have any problems i'm like at one of my happiest points with this person in my life right now like everything's cool but even despite all of that um, MDMA is very, very slightly um, psychedelic. I think mm-hmm. incredibly slightly. Yeah. Um, as soon as that trip kicked in, 
like I had a incredibly bad feeling wash over me where like um, like I realized that I'm high and I'm like holy shit this isn't right this isn't good I need to get up and move around a little bit um, and like and it only lasted for maybe like maybe 20 seconds but even even on MDMA like I still had that experience like very briefly so it's yeah it's hard it's just hard for me to tell if I'm going to like freak out or not I guess yeah and then like I've smoked weed with people that um. Like there was a person that I smoked with a while ago. I felt incredibly comfortable with them. We were having a super fun time. We spent like a whole week together. Everything was like super cool. And then uh, we were going to watch a movie. We were going to watch a movie, Tavington, like a movie about a stuffed bear or whatever. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I smoked a little bit, um, maybe like two or three like decent puffs. Not, not enough to get like ultra high. But as soon as I got high, I had like a 30-minute panic attack. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, I don't know why. It just seems like so random. So that kind of stuff like really, yeah, bothers me. Yeah. So how, what, how would you sort of interpret like an, an event like that? Would you would you say when you have like a, something like a panic attack, is this is this just a, or you know, or, or even related to some stuff that went down in that mushroom trip? Is this just purely like an unwelcome visitor that should be written off, or do you think there's anything there to sort of be explored? Like, is is it just a, a are you just on the receiving end of a, of a random number generator that's, you know, your mind's just firing random shit at you and some of it lands and some of it doesn't? Or do you think that there, there could be, you know, a reason for this? Um, yeah, that, so, like, that's the hard one. Like, if it was, like, if I was getting, like, visions of, like, my mom dying or something, then maybe I'd be like, oh, I need to communicate with my family more, blah, blah. Like, I can understand that. But typically, the reason why I feel bad the, the, the basically the stages of thought that I go through is this is what happens. Um, I start to get high in a substance and what it feels like is it feels like I've stepped back into another kind of dimension and I've realized that, oh shit, this is what reality is. It's like some box in my mind where I invent stuff. I need to delude myself into thinking that like the world is real. I need to get back to where I was before mm -hmm. um, because this current area that I'm at is completely and totally fake. Every single thing around me is a projection from my mind and I'm completely and utterly alone in this like space. Even other people that are here are just projections of my mind and I don't like that. Like that's essentially like where I'm at, which feels bad. And then it's like this realization that like I can't trust my senses or my mood or anything because everything could be fake and I have no way to validate it. Yeah. So I, I mean, that sounds like like you know quite like sort of traumatic experience so just out of interest what what keeps you going back there then what well because i i because i because it's not true <laughs> so i feel like i should be able to i feel like i should through like tiny exposures i should be able to overcome that because there are people that do way more fucking drugs than i have that what you call them psychonaut you obviously have right mm -hmm. i've been to these other types of places and you don't have these same issues with your reality being constantly undermined so my my hope is that um my hope is that through like tiny exposures of these drugs that maybe I, if i have if i can build up enough positive experiences that eventually i'll be able to go back to these areas of higher experiences of, of more drugs and i'll be more comfortable existing in that realm and like as you said kind of like letting it go letting it pass and not having these horrible feelings while i'm there i guess yeah so i mean my, my sort of taking it I, I i kind of it might surprise you but like a lot of when i do things like one of these ayahuasca treats where you go away for like a week or two and sort of you know live in the middle mm -hmm. of the jungle or something i am mm -hmm. absolutely expecting a a, a difficult possibly nightmarish experience because mm -hmm. specifically the thing i go there to sort of try and overcome is um that my mother died at a very early age so, so i'm trying to reconcile feelings which i which i feel i've been sort of blocked off through most of my adult life so mm -hmm. And when I'm on these retreats, you meet people, you know, I've met 
guys who served in the military, you've watched like the sort of friends being blown apart in front of them, you know, you meet sort of rape survivors. So you meet all sorts of kind of horror stories. And one of the reasons that you, you, you go to do these things is because in order to sort of like, I, I, I don't, from, from my own perspective, I don't like the idea that there's something within me that just it absolutely terrifies me or, or that I'm, I'm not willing to look at. So, yeah, I, same. I, so I go to these experiences knowing full well that, yeah, I'm probably going to see some horrific imagery, deeply upsetting imagery of my mother and, and sort of be confronted with feelings I, you know, I've walled up, put behind like an emotional firewall. But mm-hmm. you, you, you have to go through those deep waters to come out the other side. And so that's, I think what you, your mentality that you're going in there with is, is the right one. And I, I would sort of, I would almost sort of, I, I get Oh, the, wait, fuck. Um, God, I'm so stupid. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Just give me like two seconds. Yeah, no worries, mate. Okay. I don't. Okay. Sorry. What was Keep up? Going. Um, I, when I captured your camera, I just realized that I have, um, I have my discord on the screen and, um, I'm sometimes people say something, I respond to somebody and I just realized that, that I could just be clicking through random personal conversations. And I shouldn't be doing that. Stupid as fuck. I'm very <laughs> dumb. I just realized that. Yeah, it absolutely nothing to do with what you're saying. I'm sorry. Keep yeah. talking about what you're saying. Well, well, it's good. Yeah. D- difficult experiences. So yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you, you were, you were, yeah, you were talking about people. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm listening to everything you say. It's not like, um, yeah, that you go through these things to process difficult experiences. You've got military friends. You said that you have, um, issue with your, uh, with your mom dying at an early age and that you go knowing you're going to have a difficult experience. Yep. Okay. I'm listening. I'm sorry. It sounded like I wasn't listening. You said I was, I just real. I just clicked something really dumb real quick. And then sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's no worries, mate. Yeah. So my point was just that I would sort of encourage you to sort of, to maybe to, ex, ex, you know, continue to explore that space. And that's sometimes a controversial thing because, you know, people say, oh, well, if, if you've got something that's traumatic, you shouldn't head towards it because this is how people end up sort of, you're having worse trauma, but that that's mm-hmm. a school of thought I subscribe to. And so that if, if you have, um, you know, a part of yourself that you're not comfortable with and that it's sort of, you know, I, I would, what I would sort of recommend is, is sort of let that come and, and, you know, if it does sort of come over you and, and that you start doubting sort of, you know, reality or your place in existence or whatever, maybe that's something that you yourself need to go through. Yeah, I guess like the, the, the only thing that bothers me is I wish it was related to stuff in my life. Like, I feel like I've had so something I've always worried about is I feel like I've had relatively traumatic experiences growing up, but they don't ever seem to bother me. And I've always wondered, like, do I bury that or have I truly, like, gotten over it? Um, but I've never in my entire life of ever doing psychedelics or I've had two really massive mushroom trips, never in any of these has any of that past stuff ever come up. Mm-hmm. Like, the only worry I ever have is just, like, am I real? Do I exist? And, like, that's it. And, that, yeah, I guess that kind of bothers me, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I, I, had, I had a similar sort of thing. So I, I used to see... The kind of the emotional firewalls that I talk about, I used to think that was like a position of strength. And I used to re- be really proud of myself for how immune I was to sort of psychological stress and how sort of, you know, the, how confident I was. And yeah, you know, all, all this stuff happened to me and it just, it was just water off a duck's back. It never bothered me. And then, and then it did. <laughs> and it happened in sort of as I, as I kind of approached 40. It was, it was a classic sort of midlife crisis kind of thing. And suddenly all, all the things which I thought were a source of strength were now like a, a, a great burden to me. I, 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 you know, I had sort of uh, relatives who would pass away and I felt like I owed it to them to have some kind of emotional outburst. You know, my, my, my grandmother would die and I loved my grandmother and I wanted to express some tears and I couldn't. I just, I just didn't have that emotional capacity. 
And so I kind of recognize that, okay, maybe I need to like undo myself a little bit here. And I really have to sort of challenge myself. So I did the same thing. I went looking to psychedelics and I was like very much in my head, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to face dead mom. I'm going to face dead mom. I'm going to like, you know, I was getting fixated on, on how I was going to smash that. And it just, and by doing that, I, I got nowhere. And it took a mm-hmm. long time of me to be able to get this kind of, to this state of surrender that I talk about. And again, there's no sort of easy roadmap for it. Um, but it was just, yeah, I just got to a point in my life where I just, I just felt like I was just emotionally retarded and I didn't want to pass that on to my kids. I wanted to sort of make sure that, you know, I, I, I was being the best parent I could be and the best husband I could be. So and I, and I felt like the way I need to do that was just, yeah, to shake up that champagne bottle I talked about and just let it sort of spray out. And, mm-hmm. and in all honesty, I think it, it has helped, but I, I, I do think that there are sort of, yeah, I think there's just a certain point in your life when you when you're, you're ready for it, and maybe uh, maybe without you know, again, not saying like some sort of elitist gatekeeper, but maybe it's not no, yeah, not, not at that point where you're ready for it yet, mate. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to. Uh, one of the hardest things is to, I think, is probably to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people delude themselves into thinking a lot of things, and obviously, none of us ever think we are. So I don't think I am, but it, it's hard to know truly, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do try to actively like since my psychedelic experiences all revolve around pretty like non-related to life questions, I do try really hard to take as much as I can out of these experiences since, um, since I'm not going to walk around questioning reality too hard. Um, and, and I, I think I have discovered a few things that I don't think I would have otherwise. Um, so something, so I had another accident. I had an accidental, really massive trip. Um, I think, I think about eight months ago, uh, me and my fiance were taking, mushrooms um they were crushed into like the little pill forms Mm -hmm. and i think we'd gotten about two and a half hours in and we'd felt nothing so we thought they were dead so (laughs) the classic idiot thing of eating more and more and more and then about eight grams in i started to feel it and then i really started feeling like oh shit i fucked up really hard Mm -hmm. and then that was a really massive trip but something that i had realized throughout the trip is um uh, so like this is kind of weird. So uh, we might maybe be very similar. You might be me ten years from now, uh, or, 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 or yeah, um, because I because I, I also to some extent in my earlier life saw not as much in the past five years, but definitely ten years ago I saw like my emotional disconnect and coldness is a great source of strength. Yeah. Because um, it yeah especially in what I do online, holy shit, it's very helpful. Um, but something that I realized was that when I had my first huge mushroom trip, um, I was left with this horrible fear that like reality was fake and everything was not real and blah, blah, blah. And that seemed really scary to me. But I don't actually think that that was scary to me. Um, when I had my second mass- massive trip, what I realized is that the scary thing wasn't that everything was fake, is that there were no other people. Um, and it's the idea of like being stuck alone in an area indefinitely is mm-hmm. a horrifying thought to me. Um, and whether or not things are real or fake, like if there are other people there, it's actually okay. But the idea of being stuck in an area, so it kind of showed me that like um, my connections with other people are quite important in my life that I can't, yeah, like going it alone or having no friends or family or whatever is like probably not a good way to live life because it seems like something that in- inherently or internally is very terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that feeling of sort of loneliness is, uh, I, I've had that in, in one experience where I've just hit by levels of loneliness i did not even know were possible and it, it is absolutely so terrifying so mm-hmm. again so maybe i mean as you kind of identified there's possibly something there that you know around your sort of yeah feelings of loneliness or abandonment or also perhaps you know a feeling of just that you are solely responsible for the sort you know the world you are the only person in the world and so it's kind of all on your shoulders uh, and i think that that's kind of one of the sort of fun things i, I like doing with with these experiences is just to they're very interpretive and 
I try and mm-hmm. I try and stray away from this. I you know some people who look into these experiences as a source of like ultimate truth, like you know like this is a crystal ball and you're seeing the future or something. Um, I see it more as kind of like uh, sort of Jungian psychoanalysis in that it's it's very it, you know it, there there is meaning there. Um, I guess actually, I mean this, this I'd like to put this question to you. What 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 would you how would you interpret what's going on here? Do you think this is just like sort of a, just purely an, an effect of like drugs on the brain, or do you you know just to sort of play the devil's advocate? There's some like wacky you know there's some theories that are out there that this is like alien portals opening up in your head, or or that it's direct community God. Where, where would you put yourself on that spectrum? Um, man, this is really embarrassing to say, but I I I wonder a lot more about like post death post death stuff. Um, I, I feel like I appreciate a lot more my conscious experience um, before I was, and I still am to a large extent, like a very empirically driven person, mm-hmm. but I don't take for granted the fact that I have an, a, like a conscious experience as much anymore. Um, that's something that means a, a bit more to me now because it seems to be relatively phenomenal that you're like a thing that experiences things and thinks thoughts. Yeah. Um, like it's such a phenomenal thing that like I can't even observe that. Even in other human beings, I don't know if that's true. I just have to assume it because it's so unobservable to me, um, which makes me wonder about other potentially unobservable things. Um, when it comes to how I view like psychedelics, I think at this point I still do think like this is a drug, causes a reaction to the brain, and that's what it is. But even if that is all it is, breaking down your perspective on things perspective with a capital p like your conscious experience breaking that down and being able to step back from that is a, like a whole otherworldly experience mm-hmm. um i it after after my first big mushroom trip um the number one thing that i thought coming out of that was this was absolutely not a spiritual or godlike experience for me but i could totally understand why somebody would say that it is 100 and i wouldn't criticize them for it mm-hmm. um so yeah that yeah that's kind of what i have yeah so i i'm, I'm more or less on, on the same page so i i i definitely lean more towards that, that this is there, there is some sort of you know biochemical effect clearly when we're taking a substance we're having an effect from the substance um but i sort of tend to think that this is then i mean the experience itself is completely loaded with meaning and i would i don't believe that it's some kind of just just some sort of random crazy shit that's happening i think whatever's coming to the surface i mean it's certainly influenced by you know the, the setting that you're in so if you're watching some sort of film that'll start getting integrated into it somehow or if you listen to music that gets integrated yeah sure. but, but if you're just on your own in a dark room then it's it will be um yeah it, it is you you are taking a journey into you and so i think a lot of this stuff is like sort of archetypal well, I th- and I think that's kind of sort of fascinating. I think that is why you can have these kind of healing experiences of getting over emotional trauma because you are sort of diving into yourself and your subconscious and th- things that you are not even aware of. You know, it's, the classic thing is, you know, we, we have thoughts, thoughts are popping into our heads or even the words that come out of our mouths. We are kind of like not fully in control of these processes. I mean, I, I don't really know what next word is that comes out of my mouth, but mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I, I think the idea that there's all this subconscious stuff going on um, is not particularly controversial and that when we take these psychedelics we're just getting we're, we're just sort of more in touch with these archetypes these subconscious systems and that's why it yeah. feels like another world or, or it feels alien because it is alien to our waking consciousness mm-hmm. have, I'm just curious have you ever read um, or are you aware of the Harry Potter books uh, yeah of course yeah 
Um, there is a very, uh, there's a, something that I think is relevant. There's a very interesting line that Dumbledore says to uh, Harry when he's in like the train station at the end of the last book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Harry asks him some question about um, like, is this real or is this all in my head? And Dumbledore responds with, well, of course it's all in your head, but that doesn't make it any less real. And that's kind of how I would view like these types of trips. Like, yeah, like it might just be a chemical breakdown of stuff going on in your head. It might make you blah, blah, blah. That could all be true. But that doesn't mean that there's any less meaning in it, and it doesn't mean that there can't be like some great insight to be found there, and it doesn't mean that that can't be like some shared experience that all of humans have because we do share like a similar biological foundation or anything like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and that's that's certainly in line with with my own experiences. So, and I, yeah. I have to be sort of sort of careful with my wording here because I do I do try and present myself as as kind of like you know. A, a rational sort of skeptical person interpreting these experiences but i have had these experiences of being in communion with like you know you could call it god or you could call it like the higher power i'm not saying i necessarily believe that there is some sort of you know fluffy figure in the sky you know this this god could have been a representation of myself as, as my own higher power my own goals and objectives but i had mm-hmm. that experience and i cannot not have that experience now and it's so i i have to sort of do something something with it and I mean, all we have is our own experience. So to, to me, that sort of happened. And I'm not now going to live my life as all like, you know, God is watching over me necessarily or, or that, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've certainly had experiences where I've seen alien entities or like the comet experience where I, I imagined I was a comet drifting around the universe. I, I had that experience and it was a, if we say, if we take the comet experience as an example, it was, it was full of awe and wonder and it's not really often in within life that within our sort of modern life that you get to truly experience awe and wonder. I mean, I think possibly, you know, the last time would have been when you were a, a kid sometime, you know, where it's like, wow, something incredible just happened. But as an adult, we don't really have those experiences. So that's, that's what I think the, the, the benefit is of these things is that, you know, ultimate gratitude, ultimate awe, ultimate wonder, communion with something that you feel is bigger than yourself, even if it is just you. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and it's as real as you know, as if I bang this table now. It's it's, you know, then you can go down a whole sort of slippery slope of what is consciousness and is, you know is all reality a thing. And I, and I don't, I'm not particularly interested in that. What I'm kind of interested in is that I am, I know I am having a conscious experience, and I want to make this the best conscious experience I can. Um, mm-hmm. I want to sort of yeah try and make it as a positive experience in line with my own goals and, and objectives, and make sure the people I love are, are you know. I'm having a positive influence on so yeah it, it's as real as any other experience in, in sort of in if in that sort of terms mm-hmm. but then again you, I, I, within my circles you, you do get a lot of people who sort of take it a step further and will then sort of claim well it, well it is actual reality and so that this kind of blending of subjective and objective and so you start getting all sort of people who I think are a little bit sort of out there where they sure. start claiming about you know being able to um heal people you know heal all diseases with their mind or be able to sort of you know a telepathic or, or stuff like that and that that's the kind of the voice i try and sort of debunk a bit within my channel is like because i i think these experiences are so amazing within themselves i don't think they need like any bullshit yeah. bolt, bolted on top <laughs> yeah so something i was going to say is exactly that is i would actually go back to my um like um, I, I'm a lot less militant about it today, um, but I used to be very, very, very hardcore anti-theist, very atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the argument that I would use there would be the same one I would use here, which is that like a, a lot of these things are incredibly amazing, 
but like a lot of things in your mind are incredibly amazing like we don't need you don't need it to be like a spiritual or godlike thing for it to be an amazingly awesome thing like there's so much potentiality within our own minds that we can you know explore using different methods that we don't have to say that there was like a god there or some mythical extra thing that they gave it to us it, like it can exist all on its own it'd be a really cool thing all on its own without having to add to it yeah absolutely and and i think that there, there is a, a trickiness there as well because when, when you start describing these transcendent experiences then inevitably the poetic language does start coming out and people do start very easily talking about you know sort of god or the transcendent and you start using all this very the, the language of the religious almost and yeah for sure and so it's it's understandable how some people fully slip into that mode of um you know zealotry almost around these substances and i've certainly met people who've, who've gone sort of uh, jumped in feet first and i i always shy away from that I, i'm always sort of like no bring bring it back sort of ground it in your human experience because this is where the real uh, sort of value can happen in, in this experience here because if i if i'm spending the next six months staring at the wall dribbling in the transcendent that you know i might be having the best time of my life and, and feel like i'm having some kind of amazing spiritual experience but to my wife and kids and i'm just i'm just useless you know that's yeah. there's there's no or, or if i'm gibbering like you know one of these crazy people saying it's aliens it's aliens it's the aliens are here then yeah i think that's just completely missed missed the point of, of what's going on here yeah and it's also something that is it, something that's actually so disappointing to me is that it took me so long to discover this whole other world because they really are psychedelics are like an entirely other For world sure. that like if you like the first time I took a second, like especially coming out of it, like but one of the first thoughts I had was like, holy shit, like how has this all like always existed and been here? <laughs> and I had like no, like it, it felt like I, um, I don't know if you have an experience. It's like if you're playing like a video game and there's like a shop or something that you missed in the starting town that would have helped you so much, and then like you find it like when you're almost done with the game, and you're like, oh my god, this was here the whole fucking time. Like, geez, like this changes everything. <laughs> uh, it felt similar with like yeah, with like psychedelics. Like, geez, I'm like 30 trying this for the first time. I, this whole other world exists, and I had no fucking idea. And it's like a whole world that's completely full of its own experiences, senses, feelings, emotion. Like everything is like Jesus. It's kind of weird. Um, and, but part of the big turnoff from that for me was for so long, like. Um, no offense, it sounds like you might hold a similar opinion. People that talk about drugs just say crazy, stupid shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's people that talk about marijuana and how smoking it will cure all your cancers, or people that talk about psychedelics, it's like, oh, dude, if you fucking drop enough acid, you're going to meet God all the time, dude. I talk with him every day. Like, it's like, Jesus, like, this sounds like such a waste of time. Like, why would I do this? So, yeah, it was pretty disappointing that it took me so long to have any interest in this kind of whole world. Yeah, very easily it sets you kind of your bullshit detectors off and. Yeah, yeah as, as I say, I, I, I really dislike in, in my sort of like psychedelic circles. I am, yeah, I am probably like perceived as being some kind of like ultra right wing. <laughs> so you know, not not right right wing in terms of psychedelic. Just because I'm constantly like saying, no, no, you know, guys, bring it back to reality. You know, the you know mm -hmm. the transcendent is over there, but you've got to make use of it here. And they're like, no, no, it's all the same. It's all you know. You're just you've never had an awakening. You know, and, and so I, I, yeah, I, I seem like. You know, I'll get called like a materialist or like a, uh, you know, like I've got some sort of hard on for science. And, I, and I'm just as passionate about these transcendent experiences as, as anybody else is. I just want it to be sort of useful. You know, I want, I want, it, I want it to enhance my life. Because like I say, if, you, if I, you, you cannot live in that space. And, and there's a lot of people who sort of are looking for a, a goal of, um, you know, transcendence or nirvana as though like this is the finish line, you know, I'm going to hit 40, I'm going to be trans, I'm going to be fully awakened and fully self-actualized and then I'm just going to put my feet up and be awesome until I die. 
And my mm-hmm. opinion is like, no, that's a complete illusion. You are, life is a sort of a journey. It is a journey of challenges. There are going to be moments of intense happiness, intense grief, intense, you know, you're going to have, it comes as the whole sort of shebang. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily want there to be a moment where it's like, okay, I'm done. That's I'm me. Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just feet up. But if I could just come back to what, what you're saying before about the sort of the, the, the spiritual aspect, because I, I'll put my yeah. cards on the table. I, I was like sort of militant atheist. So I, I wasn't like predisposed at all to um, be looking for, you know, the transcendent or to be looking for, you know, an, angelic figures or whatever. I, but I, I was, like I mentioned, I was looking to, heal from it I knew why I was trying to resolve some of this trauma but then I ended up having these kind of sort of spiritual experiences and I would say that the the spiritual experience without again with something like a complete wanker the, the spiritual experience is almost as much of a cricket bat in the face as the discovery of psychedelics themselves because I was like holy shit there is like another level to this which I didn't you know, if, if you'd asked me if I'd wanted it I would have said no that's bullshit but having experienced it, it is desirable to be in that state. And I don't want to say spiritual. I don't mean necessarily like I'm, you know, I'm on my hands and knees worshiping or, or whatever like that. It's it's just a sort of a connection with a a higher power, a higher power which can be yourself or like the spirit of humanity or the spirit of the cosmos or you know again even using the word spirits loaded because it, it sounds like I'm, I'm you know going into the supernatural thing. But it's just just a, an, an ideal. And I think when you when you feel like you're aligned with with that ideal, just like when you're you know when you're with a, a partner, you know you can you can be with a, a in a relationship with someone and be completely mm-hmm. at, at odds and you know the the sex you have is there's no joy in it. You just it's you just sort of fulfilling your own need, you know your own sexual needs. Or then you could be with somebody you absolutely love and you can just spend time with them and just feel completely content and it, it's like another level of relationship and it's you know and then everything else gets better. So I think that the, 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 the spiritual aspect is, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, discount that, that sort of too much. Again, without trying to say like I'm evangelizing sort of too much. Mm-hmm. But do, do you think, I know you, said, you sort of mentioned that you think there might be something there. Is it, is it just that you'd, you'd sort of seen a possibility there or? Um, I, I, like I would, I would describe these and like as like, it sucks because a lot of these terms have been, I don't want to say hijacked by religion, but they kind of are. Well, they have, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they kind of like exclusively, or they appear to exclusively apply to religious experiences. But like, um, I mean, it definitely feels like there is something there that is like some common shared human experience. And it could just be because we all are like made of the same stuff. Um, and I, I think that doing these types of drugs can, can probably like key you into that a little bit more. Um, yeah, what wait, what more specific? I guess are you asking in terms of that? Um, yeah, I, I just I, I guess I, I was just asking mm-hmm. if it, if it's something you you feel like you've exist that you've experienced, or if it's something you would want to experience, or, or are you still in that sort of the kind of like the the state of mind where I would describe where it's like? Um, when you uh, say yeah, want I think to experience. Are you talking about like wanting to experience like a like a like a oneness or like a spiritual thing, or what do you mean exactly? Yeah, I, I would I would say that is actually the same thing. The oneness is is the kind of like the the spiritual thing. So even on sort of like quite low doses of of something like LSD or something, you, you start feeling a a a kinship or a oneness with, with just nature around you. I don't know if you've ever done it outdoors, but you do start feeling sort of connection with trees and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. that sort of escalates as you, as you go through sort of bigger doses in in sort of certain circumstances so when you're in, in one of these um 
you know, ayahuasca retreats where you're in the middle of the, you're completely isolated. Your phone doesn't work anymore. You, you, you're in a completely dark room. There's some mm-hmm. dude just chanting at you for hours and it does have an effect. It does sort of put you in a certain state of mind and you start mm-hmm. feeling that wonders amplified to a million. And I, I, I guess my, my sort of question is like, it was like, is that, does, does that sound appealing to you or, or is, is, does know, your I've skepticism never... like, like block you off from that? I've, I've never had an experience of oneness. That's never been something that I've felt. Um, maybe in the future I'll get there. Usually it's like extreme isolation. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. Yeah, I've never actually felt the oneness before. Unless maybe I felt something that other people would describe as oneness. Um, so like the closest thing that I can think of that could possibly be oneness is on, on that very first, that, that 10 and a half um, gram trip and a little bit on my eight gram one. Um, when, in the beginning part, I would say it must be in the first maybe two hours when that starts to kick off um if i close my eyes it like there it's like an it's like um i guess the first time it's like moving through like fractal tunnels of light Mm -hmm. and kind of completely losing like sense of who i am like i don't have control of my body you could probably pick me up and carry me around and i have no idea um if people consider that oneness then i guess i felt that um but I, i guess like in those states all i ever kind of um experience is usually Um, So I described this on my first trip. The feeling was that um, I'm not even sad that I've died, but rather I've had, I have the awareness that a person used to exist that would have been called like my name. Mm -hmm. And that person, yeah, maybe fucked up and did too many drugs or something. That would be like the experience I have. So I don't know if like that's, if people consider that to be oneness or not, but like that's typically my experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd I'd say the the feeling of oneness, it is a, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost like a supreme clarity. And everything yeah it's like a everything just seems to fall into a perspective of unity uh, and that you realize sort of that yes i am a person descended you know from a a, a long long lineage of person descended from this planet form from dust and this is mm-hmm. sort of my place in the cosmos and you sort of you know you realize that you know we're all you know you start feeling this like kinship with the, the other people around you but also like the, the planet itself it's very it's a, it's a very lucid sort of moment of clarity and the, the chatter in your head just drops away completely and this kind of Ooh. so it's like this mm-hmm. so the the closest that i've had to that is um during both of my big trip experiences it's so hard to explain this this area is so cool, but I don't know how to get there every time. But it feels like on a major trip um, for, for mushrooms, the journey up and down is pretty fucking harsh. Mm-hmm. But it feels like sometimes I will plateau in these areas or I will break through with what feels like extreme lucidity, but it's in a totally fucking other dimension. Yeah. Um, yeah, this happened on my first trip. I remember there was a girl that I was talking to and there, was, there were moments where it's like, oh, shit, hold on. I'm extremely lucid right now. Where am I? What am I doing? What's the important thing here? Am I having an important conversation? Like, it feels like I'm processing things as a normal human, but I'm like a totally different universe doing it. Um, if if that is it, then maybe that might be a little bit closer to that feeling of, of unity. Um, I think on my first big trip, though, during during I had two moments like that. One was talking to this other person, and the other was talking to myself in a mirror in a bathroom. Um, <laughs> But in both of those moments, I was trying to figure out if I was um, if I had killed myself trying to prove something to myself or my stream uh, or something. Because like <laughs> when I did these the massive drugs, it was in response. A lot of people were talking about like 
ego death will help you blah 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 and it sounded so stupid and yeah. that's why i like did so many i was like this is dumb like let's just get mushrooms over with like i'm sure i'm just gonna be really high and laugh for a while and it's whatever um and yeah during those two very lucid moments of my trip i say lucid but i was very fucking high um <laughs> it felt like i was kind of talking through and working through and those moments are so cool because on the way up and on the way down um on the way up things are like um it's so hard to describe this, but like when I'm tripping, things look very three-dimensional in mm -hmm. ways that they don't normally. Like I'm getting an extreme sense of like three-dimensionality. Um, and then also there's like a lot of weird, like little weird light things are happening and everything. And it's very crazy. Um, and then also like, I'm going to be totally in control of my body. Um, I, it might be that I get stuck in thought loops that are really cancers are really mm -hmm. bad. And I hate getting stuck in those. Like, Oh God, if I thought this, uh, Oh shit. If I thought this was like that, but in these breakthrough moments, all of that is completely gone. I feel like a totally lucid 100%. Like I could get up and walk around and live a life in like another dimension. So all of that is gone. You're just like in a, in a plateaued in a part of the trip that's like incredibly interesting. Those moments I have experienced, those are incredibly awesome to me. Um, maybe those are moments where people experience um, great oneness or whatever, but I was thinking of other things or working through other things at the time, so I didn't get to have those thoughts, but yeah. Yeah, well, I would say if you, if you were in an environment where you could sort of stay in that moment or, or sort of carry on with it. So this is again where like being out in nature or being on a retreat is, is really good because it, there's just no disturbance. It's just you and you and that moment and you can sort of really explore it. Um, but yeah, what, what, sort of, what you mentioned about the, sort of the lucidity of that moment because when you're on the way up, you, there is a kind of a, you know, a drunkenness, a highness to it. And then it's a similar, mental similar, chaos, but yeah. 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 And then, it, and then yeah. It, the wave kind of breaks into this, this moment of clarity. So yeah, maybe that, that's, that's something to sort of, uh, uh, to explore there. And, um, mm -hmm. there was something around, yeah, but when you, you sort of talk about things begin, becoming 3d on the way in, this is one of the things which you, if you do get around to try and DMT, it just takes that to a next level. And I've sort of referred to this as like the cosmic Lego because that 3D, that sort of parallaxy sort of, you know, light popping around you that you get on, uh, on magic mushrooms. What you, what you see on DMT is the complete disintegration of the world around you in like, like 4D telepathy. And then the complete reintegration of this, you know, this, new cosmic realm of like everything you hear joe rogan talk about in terms of like crystal temple stuff it's absolutely like that um but again that that language doesn't do it any justice at all yeah of course which sucks because if i try to explain anything related to this to my audience you sound like a fucking lunatic <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean it, it's tricky that's 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 kind of like the 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 challenge of what i'm trying to address with with my channel it's that the yeah language doesn't do it justice. you're talking about like 12 dimensional objects within sort of you know monkey language and it just it doesn't work at all but you, you sort of you have to do your best and put some sort of fluff and some and some poetry around it and uh yeah. but, but this, yeah um, one of the things that uh, psychedelics made me very aware of is um there's a there's a term in we've talked about this all the time it's a term in philosophy called qualia yeah um, yeah basically yeah like a, like a like an experience of something um and you truly a lot of people don't realize this but you you can't actually tell anybody what anything feels like you can't, you can't actually describe a feeling to anybody. Um, it's, it's actually impossible. The only thing you can do is you can describe things that feel like it and hope that they've had that shared experience. Um, so for instance, if I try to explain like, what does softness feel like? Mm -hmm. I can like, well, pillows are soft, cats are soft, your hair could be soft, your skin. But if you've never felt anything, you just have, you, have you, you actually don't know. You can't, you cannot communicate quality from one person to another. So um, generally this isn't a problem because we all have like a shared set of experiences. If I tell you like the stove is hot, well, you know what hot things are like because you've felt hot things before. Um, but when we talk about like trips, well, if you've never had a psychedelic experience before, like 
it's hard to like, I don't even know where to start there, you know, in terms of describing that to somebody else because they have no foundation to even work off of. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's like next to impossible. And, and so it's, but I, 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 it, it's poetry, basically. That, that's the only way you, you can sort of do it. You're, you're saying this is, I, I am saying words now to invoke something in you, which, yeah. it, which is something like this, but it's nothing like it. Uh, oh, no. and, then, and then it sucks too because especially again you sound pretty similar like and me i'm a very empirical person so as soon as people start talking poetry about something it's like okay dude sure because it feel it makes it because because when you're experiencing it it doesn't feel like poetry it's very fucking real mm. what you're experiencing is more real like than real happening. yeah it's incredibly a very real very grounded experience when it's happening uh, yeah so it sucks that you have to make so many allusions to uh, more artistic things in order to get people to understand and then even at that you don't truly get the understanding until you've actually done it yeah, yeah and, that, and that feeling of sort of it being more real than real it's so slippery because you have one of these moments of supreme clarity and the the universe just clicks into place and all makes sense and you're like i've got it i i will i will remember this forever i'm gonna this just i cannot wait to tell people about this and then within moments the, the it's slipping away and you kind of your language is reverting back to sort of like oh, but i can't quite the idea is gone and uh and yeah that's why there's a kind of a a popular term or in a in sort of psychedelic circles around this uh, integration where you sort of you spend time after your experience to really sort of interrogate what you went through and sort of and, and see what it means to you um mm -hmm. like if you know even if you had a bad experience like well well why was it bad experience what did you why do you think that happened to you that the, the bad experience was not inherent to the lsd there's nothing in the mushroom necessarily that's bad you know because somebody else someone can take it and have it good so why do you think that sort of that bad experience happened to you? And there's, I think this is one thing where we're sort of lacking a little bit in in the Western world. Because if if you go to say if you go to somewhere like a like, you know like the jungles of, of South America or something, and you have like an absolutely transcendent experience, you can wake up in the morning and and, and go to your neighbour and say, yeah, you know, I I absolutely tripped balls last night on ayahuasca, and, and the spirits told me this, and and that's just a conversation on the Tuesday. If I go into work and have that conversation, I'm, I'm going to get locked up by, by lunchtime. You know, they'll, they'll get fired. So there's, there's no, we don't have a kind of a structure where, where we're able to talk about these experiences where, I, you know, I could happily go into work and tell them, oh, you know, I got absolutely shit-faced on alcohol last night. It was a right laugh. And they'd, yay, everyone pat me on the back. But if I went in and said, yeah, I, I met God last night, they'd be like, right, yeah, Rob's just completely lost his shit. So... This is like I'm involved with a few projects where we sort of try and have like sort of, you know, circles where people can talk about these experiences and have, you know, be able to sort of like verbalize them in a sort of a non-judgmental way. And I think that's something we're going to need more of as we try and yeah. bring these things into the Western world. Yeah, because like for like my mom, for instance, is very conservative and I love her to death. Like every single time I have one of these conversations, I don't know if she'll end up watching like the VOD on this. But like anytime I have these conversations, she'll be messaging me, telling me she's worried about me, that I need to stop doing drugs because they're bad for you, blah, blah, blah. Because like a lot of people, things like acid or mushrooms, it's basically the same thing as like heroin or something. These are like ultra hard, like super destructive drugs that if you take them, it's because you're depressed or self-destructive or whatever. And it's like, jeez. I mean, how, do, how does, just out of interest, like how does that sort of factor into like with the, with the other stuff you do, because you, you get into some like pretty intense sort of, you know, like fiery debates and sort of, you know, um, I've, I've seen, you know, like just like people who are sort of seem out, out to out to get you or out to silence you and stuff. So, mm -hmm. but I bet you like your mother would, or I'm, 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 I'm completely sure, I bet you, you, you know, your mother would not have any problem with, with that aspect of your life. That's like kind of like the normal day to day. But then the moment yeah. like you're having a sort of, you, you start talking about something, 
you know, transcendent, which I would argue is, is like a sort of an intrinsic part of that human experience. Then it's like, whoa, you know, destiny's lost his head. <laughs> We're worried about destiny. Yeah, well, I mean, even even more than that is that usually like the most frustrating conversations I have with my that the most frustrating conversation I ever had with my mom about drugs was actually when we were out and she was drinking, <laughs> and it just felt so incredibly. It was this was just over marijuana, and she was giving me the same Republican lines of like, well, you know, with alcohol, like I can just drink a little bit. I'm not going to hurt anybody else. Whereas when you smoke, you know, reefer and pot, like these things are, you get addicted to it very quickly, and they have very negative impacts on your life. Blah blah blah. And it's like Jesus, like like just a little bit of self-awareness like oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's very frustrating yeah we have, we have the same with uh with my, my wife's parents who will sit there and, and in all fairness to them they're very uh understanding of, of what we do and they sort of you know they'll, they'll sort of look after the kids for a week while me and my wife go on retreat and stuff like that so they, they are very understanding but but still they will just knock back like cans of beer by the you know by the just six packs just throwing them back every night and then sit there and like sort of raised eyebrow all right have you have you drunk your funny jungle medicine i've then have you like it's like it's there's a real sort of lack of sort of self-awareness but i suppose that, that comes into like another point i wanted to, to to raise with you like what's what's your take on on what's sort of like happening here with the sort of the expansion of these things which, which does seem to be happening you know i i do have a sort of a bit, a bit of eyes on what's going on in uh, in the us and there seems to be that like lots of states states are talking about legalizing these things so mm-hmm. you know this is something that someone like your mother it, it's kind of colliding with i guess it's already colliding with her in with the legalization or or decriminalization of marijuana, marijuana. Yeah. What, what's your thought there is it is it sort of is this a good thing do you think we should be yeah, my, my number one thought around all of this is, is is a little bit negative, actually. My number one thought is I'm actually so incredibly fucking irritated that it has taken so long for any of this to actually be brought to the forefront for two reasons. One, I think it is criminal that so much of our research around psych- uh, around SSRIs is like fucking 50, 60 years old. I think it's insane that mm-hmm. it's taken us so long to explore other substances when so many people in the U.S. are having problems with these things. Um, I, like... Um, I think it's like 17%, 15% of women in the U.S. Are, have taken like an antidepressant in the last month. Mm-hmm. It's like these are unbelievable numbers. And even for men, it's like 8 or 9%. These are unbelievable numbers of people on SSRIs. Um, and for all of these people to be doing this and for us to be doing no research on other substance is incredibly fucking frustrating. Um, that's one. And then a, a second thing is, unfortunately... I think for a lot of this research, I wish it was earlier so that I could have had better access to these types of things earlier. I think it would have been fun to like experiment with psychedelics in my like mid twenties rather than having to tell I was thirty. Um, and I think it would have been so cool to see my parents um, try just one time because they have such negative opinions of, of these types of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, like to watch my mom do LSD one time to see what her thoughts were coming out of it because I'm pretty sure she thinks that when you do it, you just get goofy and laugh and you're just an idiot um, and you're doing drugs like heroin or whatever. But I am so. It is the one of the most interesting things in my life um, is how my mom would what, what kind of conversation I could have to her after her doing like a mushroom or LSD trip. Not even like a huge one, but just like any type of experience like that. Oh fuck! Yeah, I think it's quite a common thing. In fact, I've just had a, I've got a friend who just had that experience where mm-hmm. sort of you know the, the mother had expressed a bit of interest and they'd always had like a conflicting relationship. So, but it seemed like a mum was curious. So. She sent her some uh, some mushrooms, and yeah, and apparently it's it's gone really well. And it's something that I'm sort of as a parent having to sort of think like how how would I approach this if, if if I ever have to cross that bridge of my kids being interested with it. And I try and I, I try and sort of keep them, you know, I, I don't lie to them about what's going on, but I don't want to sort of give them too much information that compromises their, their childhood. Um, 
But yeah, it, it's a, I guess it's one of those. Well, what do you mean about that? I'm actually really curious. What what you mean exactly by that? Like, how do you balance that? Or um, or actually, let me let me pose a hypothetical. Your kid is uh, wait, how old are your children? If you don't mind saying. Yeah, well, my my oldest is uh, a teenager. I'll put it that way. Okay, gotcha. I have my son. My I won't say my oldest. I have one kid. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> my son is uh, nine years old. Um, so it's still still quite a bit younger. But say your son comes up to you when he's 18 and he starts talking about like, oh my god, I heard all these things about LSD or mushrooms. What kind of a conversation do you have with him about that? Are you don't do drugs or? Yeah, I'm I'm super curious how you would approach that. Yeah, too personal. You have to answer as well. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely fine with answering that mm -hmm. one. So personally, I I mean, I I would take it as a given that it's, it's kind of going to happen anyway. I think people sort of experiment these things. I would be an absolute hypocrite if I was if I was going to sort of put the law down there. What I would try and do is just, is I would just just give them the information, just give them the facts. I know that sounds like a very sort of hippie, sort of like, like oh yeah, just tell them. But I, I think I, my expectation would be that bet somewhere between the age of 15 and... 20. Yeah, I would absolutely have expected my kids to smoke marijuana and done some sort of psychedelic and possibly some other substances as well. I think that's just sort of par, par for the course. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I first tried LSD when I was like 15 or something like that. No, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not advocating for that. And I, I certainly don't want to push anything onto my kids. But again, I'd, I'd want them to know that if they got themselves into, into some sort of state, that they knew they could come home and that, you know, they know, would know the sort of situation that I, it wouldn't be sort of judged. It wouldn't be, I'd, I'd rather they were here with me rather than sort of freaking out somewhere in the street. But in terms of how I sort of approach my own sort of use of these substances with them. Um, so like when we do do something like a retreat, um, then, yeah, we, we sort of tell them that we, you know, we, we're going on retreat and that we're, we're trying to, you know, we, we tell them that we're doing this thing called ayahuasca, which again, and in the countries that we do it in, it's not illegal. We're not, so we're not up to anything sort of nefarious. It's it's just a, a shift in culture, and yeah, and they say you know you know daddy, why why do you do this? And I say it, it, it it's yeah, it makes me feel better. It, it's uh, you know it's it's something I you know and I explain to them about my own sort of childhood again without sort of giving them too much information to sort of compromise them. But I just say yeah, sometimes you know you you need things to sort of. Uh, to help to to help you process things so i think they kind of understand that and in, and in a weird kind of sort of like unexpected benefit to me you know like uh -huh. it's it's typical for kids to rebel against their parents so they uh -huh. rebel against me by just being incredibly square <laughs> incredibly like like just completely disinterested in all this stuff and they think it's completely lame uh that all this all this talk of spirituality and transcendence and is just complete bullshit so in that way, in that way, as a parent, it's completely worked in my favour. And uh, but yeah, but uh, I think if 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 it came, comes to it, and I, if you know if there was a time when they were like sort of eighteen or, or whatever, and they wanted to come with me and, and do a retreat, I would I would welcome that. I've no idea how that would play out. I can imagine that would be a challenge to any kind of parental child relationship. But I think I'd, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be up for it. I think it would be it, the potential there is for it to be a you know a, a beautiful moment. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I was super interested. I, I I think I would be really excited if my kid, um, not now when he's nine, but earlier, um, wanted to explore those types of things. I'd be really interested in seeing his response to it and how everything goes with that. Yeah. So so I guess from what you're saying before, like, is I, I, I you're sort of like, you're completely in favor of this sort of decriminalization and this kind of like expansion. Or is yeah, is is, is there a point where you draw the line there? Like, so it's like psychedelics is. 
and I, I guess this comes to the label of drugs, which I think is completely unhelpful because I think psychedelics and like heroin are completely different things. So yeah, what, just calling all drugs is so silly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So w would you just be sort of, is it just the kind of like the, the psychedelic marijuana stuff that, that you'd be interest, uh, interested in or do you think there should be a complete decriminalization across the board? Yeah, so my answer is really boring here. Um, the way that I view all of this stuff is I'm incredibly empirically driven. My understanding, and if my understanding is wrong, my answer would change accordingly, but my understanding is that c countries that legalize like extreme drugs or places that have legalized like extreme drugs, you don't see everybody run out and just start doing heroin. Like typically people don't function that way. And then the people that are addicted aren't really affected by the legality of it because they're like these types of addictions are mental health problems. No mm -hmm. sane, happy human individual is going out and shooting up heroin, you know, every day or every week. Um, so yeah, in, in that sense, it, it, assuming those assumptions are true, assuming the assumptions are true, um, I'm, I'm in favor of just legalizing everything. It doesn't make sense. Um, much the same way that I don't think suicide should be illegal because that's just really weird because generally mentally healthy people don't commit suicide. Um, saving for end of life stuff, etc. Um, like, I, I don't think that like heroin or these other drugs should be made illegal. Like, if people are having problems with them, then it should be classified as like mental health issues, and we should treat it accordingly. Um, just like making the drugs illegal, I think is is a stranger bad stuff. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I think there's probably like a, a label in there around sort of like stuff, something being legal or something being decriminalized. So I would I would be absolutely for everything being decriminalized. I don't want to see sort of I want to see people have sovereignty over their own sort of human experience. Um, mm -hmm. But then that would be a different sort of thing where, I like, yeah, I, I would hate to see, um, you know, so yeah, particularly something like sort of heroin being being available in like in, in every sort of shop where my, you know, again, where my kids get it. And it you, especially when you're a parent, you start seeing through this thing through this this filter of like, would I want my kids to be able to get their hands on this? Even even stuff like you know like psychedelics. I think that there's there's a danger there in, in something being too readily available. And I think we, we saw this particularly in, in Europe, because I, I think, I don't know if you've ever heard of this substance called uh, salvia, which I think is, 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 is pretty readily available in the, in the US, but in the U, uh, sort of in Europe, it's, it's really strictly controlled because it is absolutely mind-bending. And um, yeah, and this, there was a point in time where this was like readily available pretty much in any shop. Like if there was a shop that sold tobacco, you could buy salvia there and kids were doing it and just getting completely fucked up on salvia. So mm. I think there's, there's got to be something there around like, I'd like to see things regulated in some way, but certainly not de uh, not, not criminalized. I, that's, mm -hmm. I don't want to see people like thrown in jail, just, you know, for, for having a bit of, you know, bit of weed in the pocket or anything, that kind of shit. Gotcha. I mean, I guess if I was in favor of any kind of legislation, um, like, or, or in terms of like legalizing, decriminalizing, whatever, like at the very, at the, this is the bare minimum that I would be accepting, bare minimum, I don't even know if I would, at the very least you'd be treated the same as alcohol, mm -hmm. which is any 18, because Christ, alcohol can have such destructive effects on the mind, on the body, on relationships, on traffic. Um, yeah, like alcohol. Can, if alcohol is any 18, 21 year old in the United States can walk into a store and buy alcohol, I mean, like, you should be able to get a tab of LSC. Like, that's unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. Well, what about. Especially now after having experience with these drugs. Like, the idea that I can go out, I could go out right now and legally drink myself until I fucking die. Mm -hmm. I can go out and do it. And kill myself in a bar i could do it um but if i go out and spend 10 bucks whatever on a tab 100 micrograms of lsd i'm gonna get busted for that when the lsd experience is so much better safer and like less harmful to my body when i say safer is and i'm not gonna go drunk drive or kill anybody blah 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 mm -hmm. or beat the shit out of my wife or whatever i'm like I, that that blows my mind it's insane to me i can't imagine anybody having done lsd and 
drink and drinking, drinking drunk alcohol, um, to come away from it thinking like, whew, man, after getting wasted last night and then doing LSD the day after, we got to do something about that LSD. That's crazy. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the numbers are. I mean, if we, if you take like the sort of the '60s as an example, and you know, like how many people were supposed to doing LSD through the '60s and '70s, then and. And yeah, the, the you know the typical horror stories of some guy jumping off a building. Yeah, they, they, these are disproportionate. Like the amount of people who were taking these things successfully, and even if these horror stories are to be believed, then it's which I, yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily even sort of true, just complete propaganda. But still, it's always like it's like one case versus you know ten million happy sort of customers. I think it's like you know, driving. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, yeah. what what would be your your sort of thoughts around? Like if this was regulated through some kind of, you know, like a, like a, a medical facility, you know, you know, like, like you hear about these like LSD. Um, I mean, I, at the moment, it's just kind of clinical research, but you know, where, where you sort of, you're checking into a facility to have a controlled experience. Do you think it should be that that it's that these things are just available for anyone, or would you? What, what I mean, it? like the controlled experiences as far as therapy can be like really cool, but. I have had so many like awesomely, mind-blowingly fun experiences on psychedelics, and it's incredibly cheap to do so. If I want to go out to the movies with a girlfriend, we're spending forty bucks maybe between two tickets, popcorn, drinks, maybe more. Um, if I want to, like, if we each have two tabs of LSD, that's like twenty bucks. That's like twelve hours of a full day of like entertaining stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and like. I don't know it's just like it's such an overwhelmingly awesomely positive experience and it's like it's genuinely sad to me that a lot of people have never even tried it like one time mm -hmm. like, it's such a cool thing um the idea that it has to be locked behind like some pharmaceutical wall or that it has to be locked in some therapy facility or some medical facility like i don't know i i think it should be i think that anybody should be free to like have that experience it's just it's just such a cool experience yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, the argument from sort of like economic value that you're, like you're coming up with there, that was exactly where I was when I was a teenager. I was like, so you're telling me I can go and spend like 20 bucks to yeah. uh, 20 pounds and get like a six pack and sort of feel like shit the next day. Or I can spend mm -hmm. like three pounds and get an, a tab of LSD. I just have the most fucking awesome time watching the sunset. For 12 hours, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like the value, the value is just completely fucking like mismatched. So, and that's so why I used to always put that sort of argument to my friends, like, like, yeah, this just doesn't make sense. Like, like drinking, yeah. drinking does not make every, sense as a teenager. In, in LA, if I go out and get a mixed drink at like a restaurant or a bar, that's three tabs of LSD. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, these things are expensive as fuck. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the argument from we should, this is like a new a new vector to get things legalized. It's a just a, how much money would people save? How much better would the economy be if uh, <laughs> if, if people just did LSD instead of it? Mm -hmm. Something else that I really enjoy too, um, I'm gonna be careful not to generalize here because maybe it's my own experience, but I've heard a lot of people echo similar sentiments. I really like that there is a feeling of completion from a trip as well. Mm. Um, so for instance, when I drink, when I do drink, I like to get shit faced, okay? Just cause it's very fun for me. Mm -hmm. But I, but you can go too far with drinking and you, it's bad effects on the body the next day. And there are drugs that are like that where you can go too far. I have never in my life finished an LSD or mushroom trip where it's like, I need more right now. Oh, um, yeah, on MDMA, God, no. I've had that feeling for sure. But like on LSD or mushrooms, you can, you set aside for mushrooms six hours, you have it your six, eight hours, you have a trip. And when you're done, 
I'm done. That was so much fun. I don't need to do it right now. I don't need to do it again. I don't even need to do it tomorrow. Like I had a trip. It was super fun and I'm cool with that. And then same thing with LSD too, especially because it's so long. Like but when you finish an LSD trip, it's like, ah, oh, that was cool. I'm done. Like there's like the chapter, the book end or whatever. Boom, it's done. Cool. And then maybe you'll do it again in a week or a month or two months or whatever, whenever you're ready to next. Um, I like that feeling of completion that comes along with those trips too. Like it feels like you're doing like you are like a very clear demarcation in time where this is what's happening here. And then when you're done, you have a feeling of completion or finality after it as well that I, I think is really cool too. Yeah. And I think that that sort of journey that you go through that, I mean, you know, that's maybe one, I don't know if that's the, 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 the rationale behind calling it a trip or not, or if it, but it's just related to being related to trip to means, but that's what kind of it, it bookends like your own human experience. So if you take, say, you know, you take acid and then you go camping with your friends and again, you watch the sunset or you watch the sun come up, you know, I, I had some experiences where I was at like Stonehenge on, uh, on the winter solstice and all these fucking druids wearing hats with goat horns on and they're all dancing around chanting and you see the sun come up through Stonehenge and it's just fucking amazing. And, mm-hmm. and at that point I was on like the tail end of the acid I'd, I'd taken to, to sort of, en- you know, enjoy the festivities the night before. And you just, like you say, you get these completely bookended experiences of, of there's an A and there's a B. And then after that, I feel absolutely fine. Like there's no hangover. There's no, I don't get that with MDMA. With MDMA, I get a, I sledge hard and get, a, get that hangover. And I do get very fiendish, like what you just mentioned, like more, more, more. I want more of this love feeling. But yeah. with, with psychedelics, you get a complete journey from A to B. And yeah, it, it's just, it's a, a a very powerful sort of like self-contained narrative and it's it's one of the things i sort of really enjoy about it mm-hmm. i just one sort of last thing i sort of wanted to sort of touch on is like in the terms of things being sort of you know regulated or sort of decriminalized or whether it goes into sort of sense or whatever there's then this kind of sense of it now something is being invaded by capitalism and that's no sort of encroaching on what what is kind of a, a spiritual experience for, for some things so the, you, you particularly get this when you when you do go to somewhere like south america and there are these sort of ayahuasca retreats and you know some of them are literally like huts in a village where there's it's just some villager dude and some of them these are like luxurious retreats with swimming pools and stuff like that where you know some some guys come in and I know that there's, you know, some of these kind of churches are sort of are ingressing into, into the US and certainly some of these retreats uh, here in, in the UK. And it's, it's a weird balancing act because on the one hand, I, I go to these retreats and I am glad for the opportunity to be able to go to somewhere like South America and there to be a translator. I don't go to the ones where they've got swimming pools and stuff like that. I can't afford it. But, you know, uh-huh. where there, there is a sort of a certain amount of Western infrastructure, which without uh-huh. which I could not have accessed that thing because i don't speak good enough spanish or you know i've not got those connections and yeah i just, I just wonder this is like a sort of a common thing that capitalism is now invading into the spiritual or invading into the cultural and sort of taking over you know sort of south american cultures and, and sort of reducing the spirituality have you got any sort of like thoughts around that sort of that angle of i love capitalism um i think capitalism <laughs> Great um, for efficiently allocating capital in places where capital needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, my main problem is people just don't know like how to get like pe- a problem with people in general is it's so hard for people to just get some good things out of something without like going overboard and taking the bad with it too. This is a criticism of almost everything in life. Um, so for example. Um, capitalism is really cool and that it makes like a variety of products available to us to purchase through a variety of different means. Mm-hmm. I love that. But it's not good that 
consumerism has like invaded people's minds and made it so that like you need to buy things to be worth anything yeah. as a human being. Like that's really bad. Um, so like when, when you talk about like, is capitalism going to invade like psychedelics? Like, well, in some ways, that would be fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. I would love nothing more than to be able to walk like, um, oh, you're older. I, I don't know what your experiences were like with um, with marijuana, but um, as I, so I'm 31. Marijuana in my days in high school was horrible. You had to smoke a lot to get high because mm -hmm. this was some garbage quality weed. Now that weed is like decriminalized in the US, I can go down to a store and I can buy these little presidential, whatever the fuck, I can buy weed at these stores Well, I'll take two puffs and I will be fucking blasted for the whole evening. That's awesome. I like that idea of capitalism, right? If, you, if you're able to like make these products available to, to buy it, whatnot. Um, but yeah, people need to be careful not to go overboard. Um, and then also, this is true of the commercialization of any art industry. People need to make sure that if they're going after a certain experience, if they've heard really good things about it, they should probably be aware of what that authentic experience is. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, like if you want to travel across, you know, like a, like if you want to figure out like, oh, what is it like to be in the UK? Like I want to know, I want an authentic British experience. And you just go to the most touristy parts of London, you're probably not getting that. Right. Yeah. Or if you want to know, like, what is an L what is the best LXD experience possible? And you go to like a one thousand dollar a night spa where you're in a room and they're playing like weird music on the radio and people give you a massage or whatever. Like that's going to be a lot different than the people telling you LSD was awesome who went camping with their friends in the woods for a weekend. Right. Um, yeah. So it's good to be aware that like capitalism is good at making some things available to us. But like, don't delude yourself into thinking that, like a tourist experience or something is going to get you the same type of experience as like a more authentic engagement with whether it's a drug or a tourist experience or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree, mate. And I've, I, I, again, I, I sort of see it as it's, it's made these kind of experiences available to me. But yeah, I'm under no, no illusion that my sort of, my, you know, two weeks in the jungle is the same as somebody who's, you know, gone down the river, the Amazon River on a boat and sort of stopped off and really sort of ingratiated yeah. himself in one of these tribes. But I think it's, I, I, I do see it as a positive. Um, some people sort of say that like there's something foul about um, these kind of shamans charging for medicine. You know, it's like, well, this shit grows on trees. They shouldn't say But I think that's kind of, it's depreciating, you know, the, well, first of all, like the infrastructure that's gone into, into building one of these retreats to be able to, you know, and, and, the, and paying for the staff and all that stuff. And also, you know, like we, we most people will like, happily sort of pay you know say like I don't, I don't know what they cost in in the us but you know if you go to a concert to watch some sort of band that you like you know you know over here you might pay like anywhere between you know 70 to 100 bucks you know to go and watch you know like some top tier band and that's and that band might be on for like you know an hour and a half two hours but then you're gonna sit to sit there with some shaman in the jungle where they sing their heart out like the most beautiful tunes for like four hours non-stop just belting it out and then you're like, oh, they're charging me money for this. It grows on trees, you know, and it's, there's mm -hmm. a kind of um, a weird mismatch with what, what people sort of uh, put value on. Um, yeah, and there's also like, um, something that you brought up, there's two really huge things here. One, you brought up accessibility. Like, let's say that, um, let's say that these experiences become more commercialized and now like a ton of people are doing it. Um, for every million people that have a shitty touristy, you know, shop around and do whatever experience, there's going to be some people that take a genuine interest in it, that have mm -hmm. a really good experience, that dig into it more, which is awesome. Um, and then two, um, this is a fight that I've had to go through a lot. Maybe, maybe you're somewhat aware of it, being like a YouTuber, being a Twitch streamer, people are always like, oh, like, why do you need to make enough money to blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, as soon as people are making full-time income on things, they can do more with it like mm -hmm. there being money there and allowing people to dedicate more time to doing a particular thing usually unlocks for them the ability to do more with it which i think is cool yeah yeah anyway mate, I'm, I'm gonna have to sort of uh, jump off this call because I, I don't know if i mentioned but I'm, I'm going on vacation tomorrow so I've, I've got to be at the airport quite early in the morning 
but yeah, I'm, I've, I'm actually, did I, did I catch, hear you right that you're actually thinking of moving over to Europe? Or? Um, I'm, I'm always on it. We'll see how this election goes. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well, uh, I, I, I'm, my, I'm engaged to a Swedish girl. So if we get married, I'll at the very least, I can have Swedish citizenship. And as long as I don't leave the EU like the UK did, I'll have access to the EU. So yeah, we'll see. And what, what's, your, what's your gut feeling on how the election's going to go? It, everything right now, every indicator is looking like Trump is going to lose pretty badly. But man, dude, so much can change in a month. So we'll see. All right. I, I, I've got to say, my, I, I, I'm not super in, in the world of sort of politics, but my sort of take on it was, was the opposite. I, but again, you know, I, we, we, I'm getting like a sort of a different feed of, of information to, to what you're getting. I, um, but yeah, I, I was I was under the impression that it was going to go the other way. Um, I, I'm... I've not, I've not got too much too much of a dog in that game, but I yeah I, I do think Trump's a tool. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway, like I said, I'll have to jump off because I'm gonna have to go and try and get myself some sleep so I can uh, get to. But uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and I want to just say thanks a lot for making the time. Um, and yeah, and if you're up for doing this again sometime, um, or you know any more sort of questions about sort of DMT or retreat something, let's uh, let's have another chat about it. Yeah, and then same to you. If you ever if anything ever comes up, you can always message me. And, yeah. I, I actually, I do have one quick question for you, mate. What, what's yeah. what's the game that I always see you playing? It looks like some sort of like, um, you, it's kind of like building a city top down sort of RTS looking game. It reminds me of a game I used to play when I was a kid called Colony. When I used to play on like on the Commodore sixty four, so like way back. But it's uh, it looks like you kind of laying infrastructure and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a game called Factorio. It's just like um. You just like basically you solve problems by creating more problems that you have to solve, and you just do that indefinitely, basically. Yeah. Oh, solve cool. Like logic solving game, yeah. Uh, I might look into that. That's the sort of thing I, I sort of I really get engrossed in, in those kind of games. Cool. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks a lot, mate. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, have a good have a good uh, weekend or, or night yeah, or whatever. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, see you, dude.